0: Hi, welcome back to That's Myrony Podcast. I am your host Alicia Myronic, and I am so excited because I'm actually going to say it's thanks to Divine Myrony that I have uh, my extremely amazing, special, no bullshit spiritual uh, mentor, host of her own podcast, the Kenny, Karen Kenny Show. So Karen Kenny, I am so happy to have you here today, but first I want to share with the audience just a little bit about Karen Kenny. She's a certified spiritual mentor, author, speaker, and again, host of her own podcast, The Karen Kenny Show, which by the way, is freaking amazing. She's also the founder of The Nest, an online spiritual membership and community. She's been a student and guide of A Course in Miracles for close to three decades, a yoga teacher for over 20 years, And she is, uh, she's got the most wicked Boston accent. So I'm not going to read her old bio because, you know, we just want to jump into it. But Karen, Kenny, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, my God. Alicia, thank you so much for having me, sweetheart. I'm
1: wicked excited to be here and just super appreciate you inviting me on the show. And I don't know, like we said, we don't I don't even know what we're going to talk about. I'm just I'm just like trusting the spiritual team to like drop in. And here we go. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> well, first off, I want to go on, go, you know, into my irony because here right here is how i represent God as love with an awesome sense of humor. But I used to say wicked sense of humor. That was what I first came up with. But then it was kind of like, not everybody gets wicked. So I thought that was, that was my little like surprise number one for you. I actually got three surprises for you. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Well, wicked is a very new England thing. That's like, if people know, usually if you say, oh, that's wicked, funny, that's wicked, you know, that's wicked had, that's wicked this. They're like, oh, you must be from like Massachusetts, New Ham- whatever. It's a very New England, East Coast thing.
0: Yeah, I'm, um, from, I'm from Jersey. So like, yeah. you know, wicked. I was like, because God does have a wicked sense of humor in yes. like the most loving way. But then I was like, okay, not everybody gets that. But I, I knew you would get that. So I, I totally just recently it. changed it to awesome but we can say wicked awesome. <laughs> I always yeah, I always
1: say I always say like when I talk about a course of miracles I'm like, yeah, Jesus is wicked funny. Like he is a wicked Oh my person. god, so
0: like, yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Well, so and then the other crazy thing is and since you ha- hold on, I got to pull it up because it's actually my first podcast. The first time I ever got behind the mic, I interviewed Dan McPherson and Michelle Abraham together. So mm-hmm. now, do you know Dan McPherson? I don't know Dan. I okay. just know Michelle. Dan is who I'm going to connect you to. But Dan is the reason why I know Michelle. So this episode, which the funny thing, it actually was episode four. But it was, I had to, I was on a time crunch to get this um, podcast out. So I was like, okay, because I had, a you know, I had my, my co-host Todd, who, you know, he's no longer able to, to, um, to work with me. Uh, He has these incredible children's books called Max Ryan. So if you have any like little friends with kids.
1: I've heard him mentioned several times, like when when there's been a group conversation that Michelle and I were both in about these incredible books. So I've Googled him and I've Googled his books and I thought it was really cool, but he and I have never actually met.
0: Well, if you guys ever wanted me, uh, you know, I got that connection there, but he is incredible and it was absolutely divine guidance that, you know, brought us together. And, you know, you can hear that story at some point. But the funny thing is, is because it was four people that I needed to put together. I was like, okay, we got to do this interview. And literally first time behind the mic, and I was scared shitless. (laughs) (laughs) But listen to what came up in the first episode that I had no idea that would lead us to this day. So first okay. I gotta go. I, I I brought it up so it could I can just hit play. So you can you can hear it.
1: No, That's... no, I can't wait. Now I'm so excited. I love
0: it. I, love I know I'm... this is the best <laughs> surprise ever because this is funny. This is, this is myrony, this, this is, you know, everybody uh, up above like cheering and like, yes, they finally connected. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. Let's see if we can make this, let me turn up my volume all the way, hit Like <laughs> that is my irony, and to add another layer of my irony, the reason I want the as soon as, as soon as I said I wanted to be a hay house, I wanted to be like the hay house of podcasting, which means attracting really just amazing heart centered people. My next client that came in, her name's Karen Kenny. Her spiritual mother is Marianne Williamson, and Marianne's been on her podcast several times. And I was just like, Marianne Williamson is one of the hay house authors, so I was like. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the other really ironic thing oh, about that's this a, whole situation. That was it. Then she goes in about Todd. But you literally were brought up in the first episode <laughs> ever recorded for this podcast. That's amazing. And that's how, I mean,
1: that's how it works though, right? Like that's the whole thing I tell people, whatever you call them, whether, whether you call them Coincidences, whether you call them universal signs, whether you call them whatever. Well, let's I always, start
0: calling them myronies. Right, you know, so we got right. a new, fun, modern word <laughs> for these crazy things that happen that we can't explain.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I always just say I say spiritual team on the job too, and I'm always just oh, like I love I just spiritual think,
0: team on the job too. <laughs> I just think it's just
1: there is, um, you know, in a course of miracles, there's a line that says. Um, you know, whoever is supposed to meet shall meet. Nobody is brought to another by accident. And so I just always trust, like, you know, that wh- whatever is, you know, Rabindranath Tagore has a beautiful quote where he says, everything that belongs to you will come to you if you create the capacity to receive it. So, so much of the spiritual work, I think, is really putting ourselves in a state of receptivity so that when those moments, those myronic moments or, you know, whatever you want to call them, um. You know these things happen, um, that you are awake and aware enough, first of all, to notice and to bear witness to them and to recognize them. But then you're also open enough to, to receive the gift or the connection or the aha or the lesson or whatever it is uh, that is meant for you. And so here, here we are. And like Michelle, me, Michelle, you, Michelle, the mention, the name, and now here we are. And it's like, of course, like people always say, can you believe it? And I go, course I can believe it. My whole life runs on this, right? Exactly. Like this is, this it's, is it. So it's, it's really fun. And thank you for playing that for me. I love to hear that stuff.
0: Well, you know, it's funny. And I want to give a shout out to Michelle Abraham because she's the one that is the, she manages both of our podcasts. She yeah. is truly meant, she truly is the hay house for podcasters where she brings in the most amazing people. So anybody who needs podcasting help Michelle Abraham of Amplify You, big big and shout her out team and her, and her team. team. Like, like, is... I, I don't
1: know who works on yours. So Aaron, I always call her Erron. So Erron, Aaron is like my person, and uh, I don't know what I'd do without her. Like, oh yeah, I, no Troy like... is
0: mine. Her team is yes. amazing, and it's totally. just like I I don't I don't know what I would do. Exactly. So, so glad that we don't have to worry about that. But the other, you know, the other, the other thing, and, and I hope that w- with this conversation, because my irony is not mine, it's the world's. And I hope that you can start helping share this fun word instead of selfie, or in addition to selfie, because selfie, this is literally, my irony is literally the antithesis of selfie. Selfie is all about me. Myrony is recognizing something greater than me. But myrony is also a little bit different than synchronicity or sign or coincidence because it's the action behind it. So I say it's synchronicity in motion because we can see it, we can have the awareness of it, but then there's an actual action to, to mm-hmm. take place. And usually, and I've been saying for the longest time, like, you know, life is this um, giant puzzle and the myronies are the pieces. And I realize the myronies are actually what leads us to the people who are the pieces to our puzzle, because isn't that what life is all about is connectedness and And connecting on that level, in addition, of course, to our higher spiritual level. Well, I
1: think, yeah. Well, I didn't know if you were finished, so I didn't want (laughs) to. No, no, no,
0: go. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I
1: think that's the whole thing. You know, when Ram Das says we're all just walking each other home, Mm -hmm. and even in A Course in Miracles, when they talk about the sonship, what they're saying is it's what every spiritual tradition has ever said, which is we are all one. And the way that we go home or the way that we have the experience of heaven or the way that we know inner peace or we come to truly know ourselves, the, I don't know if you've ever heard of the African word Ubuntu. What it says is, I am human, I am me, but through you, through other people. So we don't like, it's not like, oh, go sit in a cave and meditate and have your holy experience and like, and then that's how it works. It's like, no, we all need each other. And we are all, yeah, we're all deeply connected. and, And that's what yoga actually ultimately means too. It means union. It is the perfect oneness. Uh, And of course in miracles, we would say it's the the experience of heaven is, is the memory of the perfect oneness of God. And that's what we all are. So it's a really powerful and beautiful thing. And so often nowadays, especially with social media and stuff, it's really that drive. Like you were saying, the antithesis or the opposite of selfie is that there's a real drive right now to, to stand out and to be noticed and to be special. And it's like the fucking me show me, 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 Mm -hmm. me, you know? And it's just like. That's all great. I guess like, it's not like, but that's not how that's not how it actually works. <laughs> no,
0: absolutely. I mean, it's actually what's tipping the scale down, you know, but what I find funny is that uh, when this concept comes on, you know, who would be the first ones to jump on the Myronie bandwagon? The narcissist. <laughs> Because they love taking pictures of themselves and posting. But you know, it's like, it's more the fact that, no, I mean, I'm joking in that sense. But you know, it's like, it is me, 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 me. But you know, what I what I have discovered is that we can capture these myronies in pictures and it for social media, and we can share those stories. And those stories are going to connect to someone else out there. And that leads me to your story which oh my god when i first heard first couple episodes of your podcast and i was just like first off you know for you to lose your mom uh so so brutally being killed that way and for anybody please listen to karen's podcast because it's absolutely beyond amazing And, you know, the trauma you went through, but when you, when you said, you know, like that Christmas, what Christmas Eve, and, you know, when, yeah, yeah, when the killer had committed suicide in in jail, and, and you're like, you know, everybody was celebrating, and you... You, your higher self was like, no, that's not what this is about. And then for you to go on your journey to California, which I find funny, because I'm in California now. Yeah. And, um, and it's all been a spiritual journey. I mean, this will, you know, <laughs> it's pretty funny, actually. But the fact that that book fell off the bookcase, that yeah. changed your life. So yeah. I have, so okay. yeah, no, no, no. But I mean, like, you're literally the book fell. So I yes, please share a little bit about yeah, I, mean, I think I think that, you know, the cliff notes version is my mother
1: was murdered when I was 12. And um, after that, I, um, you know, it was literally like she disappeared overnight. My family never really talked about her. And I went to go live with an aunt and uncle that I didn't really know. Um, and then at 17, I went to Boston University, um, Has been was on my own. Like, as soon as they dropped me off, freshman year, first day, whatever, uh, to get settled in my dorms, I was on my own. And so my whole life, right, has been like a spiritual journey. Um, and so one of the things was, is that I was really suffering because first of all, nobody talked about it. It was like my favorite person on the planet, my the the, the one that grounded and scented me, the sun to my universe, like disappeared overnight when I was 12 years old. And, and then all of a sudden I was like alone and suffering and trying to figure everything out. And I was terrified. And I was I felt so desperately alone. And, um, and then I so I was also a wicked curious kid. And the way that I the way that I navigate the world is I'm always trying to understand. I'm trying to understand why we do what we do. Why do people do what they do? Like what, what is going on? What are the story, what are their stories that happened to them that would make them do X, Y, and Z, right? So I've always tried to put myself in other people's shoes or try to understand. And I'm also a Libra, right? So however far you take that, the scales of justice and trying to like this idea of fairness and equality and understanding how we've ended up in a world like we have, right? Mm -hmm. How can we be in a world where mothers get beaten to death? Like what, what is going on? Right. So I'm always kind of trying to understand. And so my big thing was, um, I was suffering really badly. I developed severe irritable bowel syndrome. You know, I used to, everything in my childhood was like, suck it up and stuff it down. I came from a mm. tough little, tough little city, 30, 30 miles north of Boston, Lawrence, Mass. And so there was just like a lot of violence um, and um, the, you know, kind of like the threat of violence, <laughs> like like growing up, like just an awareness of like, oh, maybe I'm not safe in the world. And then, you know, you have your mother murdered and you definitely don't feel safe in the world. And yeah. So I really felt like, okay, the, the way that I'm going to um, feel better or finally have some inner peace is once I know why he did this. Right. Right. So they at least caught the guy, they caught the guy that murdered him, but it, it, he never admitted it at trial that it was actually him. He tried to blame it on my stepfather. And it was just like, it was just such a shit show, but right. I didn't even know. I only knew like little tiny nibbles of information because I was like 12, 13 and nobody was telling us anything. So even though it was in the paper or on TV or in the news, like we weren't allowed to like kind of watch it and listen to it. And, but what it did is it kind of created a deep sense of separation for me. And it also created a lot of suffering for me. And it also created a, like a little bit of an obsession to try and understand what had happened. So when I was like 18, I decided when, when I, when I'm like, I'm about to turn 18, my freshman year of college. Uh, and it was like around the time of um, my um, finals and stuff like that. And I had decided I was going to, I was going to go to the prison, whether or not they would have let me talk to him, who knows, but this is my plan in my mind, my fantasy. I'm going to go talk to this guy and I'm going to ask him why he did this thing. Right. Uh, and the, the the again, Wicked Short version is before I could ask him, he he hung himself in prison. So I was shit out of luck with getting those answers. And that was me thinking like, oh, the answers kind of lie outside of me. Um, and I eventually learned like, oh, inner peace and happiness is an inside job. It comes from here. The you know, my internal world is creating my external world. I'm not at the mercy of the world. All these lessons come later. But right. that the moment you're talking about at Christmas is when I you know, came home and stepped into my stepfather's house and it was a Christmas celebration. My sister was with me and they were celebrating that he had killed himself. Yeah. Now, I want to be wicked clear. It's not like this wise sage wisdom came into me and I was like... Um, oh, this is the beginning of when I start to forgive him. It wasn't that. It was, I just knew that I was not feeling what they were feeling.
0: You felt compassion. You felt compassion for his family. You started, and I think, you know, that's one of the things that I, I, I really want to bring awareness to people is that we don't know what it is that broke that person to do something so horrific you know, and, you know, what happened in in that person's life that he could create or commit that sort of crime. And, you know, and I think one of the most powerful short examples of that is it displayed in the movie, The Shack. You familiar with The Shack? Yeah, I I have the, the book. Well, the movie was actually just was really shared in a really powerful way of that compassion. You know, like, Um there's that whole point of, you know, judgment. Would you, you know, and if we can start looking from a place of um compassion versus a place of judgment, then we've made a really big shift. And that's what I heard when I listened to your episode is that everyone else was in still in that place of judgment and like, you know, eye for an eye, and you know, like in the sense, and and you had a shift. And you 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 looked from a place of compassion. And so I feel that that shift is then, you know, I mean, please. Yes.
1: So that was that was it was a combination of a couple of things. It was definitely, you know, uh, Rumi talks about how Leonard Cohen later kind of I don't want to say stole it, but used the line. Mm -hmm. So he's more famous for it. But the line originated with Jaladin Rumi, the, the great Sufi poet who You know, he says, you know, um, there's a crack and that's how the light gets in. And then, you know, um, Leonard Cohen says that there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. And it was in that moment that there was a crack that was made uh, in my mind, in my thinking and in my heart where I was like, oh, and I started to see him not just as a monster. um, I started to recognize him as a deeply flawed human being. So Mm -hmm. I showed up with, yes, compassion, but also curiosity Mm -hmm. to understand his story and exactly what you were saying, like what? must have happened what kind and it wasn't
0: excusing his behavior no it's never excusing people's behaviors
1: yeah to understand wasn't to like give him a pass on his shitty behavior it was like i just need to try and understand this it was for myself Mm -hmm. uh compassion for him but also i i met him again um you know instead of with judgment if you lead with curiosity it's like a thousand times better because we can suspend our judgment long enough to maybe get informed. And I knew, and and I have since done a ton of um, research and trying to understand, and, and that family, and you know, just the elements of their family, which they'll be in my book. They're in my book. I'm not going to say them all here, but it, it helped me to kind of look at things and go like, "Oh, um, of course, he still needed to be held responsible for what he did." Um, but it, it that all of that led to how I, how and why I do the work that I do today. Exactly. I mean, it was literally the catalyst to mm-hmm. be doing the work that I do today. And I and I always say, you know, there's that saying hurt people hurt people. And I always say, well, happy people tend not to hurt people, (laughs) not on purpose. And I really believe that if he had had the ability to pause, the ability to um, have a gap in his thoughts, the ability to understand his own rage and his own anger, if he had an ability to, um, you know, again, just pause. And if he had some fucking spiritual tools in his toolkit, I call it the spiritual toolkit, right? This is the work that I do is, is helping people to navigate the human experience because this being human is an ongoing problem. Yes. but Most of us are not brought up we might be brought up with some sort of religion, but we're not taught really how to take these spiritual principles and apply them to everyday living. And that's what's exciting to me is taking, uh, you know, my process is called your story to your glory. Mm -hmm. And it's about having um, spiritual tools and spiritual perspective to kind of like transform our suffering into salvation, to transform through divine alchemy, our story into our glory. And I think if you can't have, um, a new way of looking at things, a new way of applying meaning, a new way of understanding what the hell happened. Yeah. Right. If we don't have a way to access, um, a a new spiritual perspective, then we're kind of stuck with the meanings that we first assigned to things, which is often I've been victimized. Mm -hmm. And the only way we're going to get out of that and thank God to your point one of the ways that my spiritual team intervened on my behalf, because I could not get out of my own fucking way, I did not have the ability is, you know, I said, even, even though, um, you know, one of the things I always had as book as a child was books. And I always say like, God bless libraries because they are an even playing field for poor kids because we might not yeah. be able to go and buy books, but we could always had that library pass that gave us access to new worlds and new points of view and new stories. And so I always loved books and bookstores were a comfort place for me. And that's the book you're talking about, A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson that fell off the shelf that day and landed at my feet. And that was, again, it was another one of those moments where there was a crack and the light got in and it was like, okay. And, you know, I'm not, you know, basically I was, at that time I was really, and I still am, I was really into fitness and working out and all that stuff. And, you know, I went on to become a personal trainer and then later I've been a yoga teacher for 20 years. But in that moment I was heading towards like the weightlifting section or the health, you know the muscle section, the health, whatever. And I just literally heard a voice in my head that said you should go to the self-help section. because you could really use some help. (laughs) And you have that moment where you're like, am I going fucking crazy? Like, am I here in my head? And now it's more like people are like, do you always hear voices? And I say, well, I'm a writer and I love words. So it's more like there's word impressions Mm -hmm. where I just kind of know what to say. Or it's like, I always say, all right, they're telling me to say, but it's not like, I'm like, I'm hearing it like the voice of God speaking to me. But that day it was like a voice in my head. Yeah. And I went to the self-help section and that book just literally fell off the shelf at my feet. And I was like, what is going on? And my life has never been the same since.
0: And that is the perfect example. It's actually one of the most divine examples of irony, in my opinion, with your story of like, what is the odds that a book's going to fall off (laughs) But then you chose to pick it up and read it. You know how many people could pick it up and just put it back? You chose to pick it up and read it. And I mean, what you had, you know, you had a clear audience experience, you know, like the, 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 the Claire's, you know, it's these abilities that we all have. Some of us have greater gifts than others, just like an artist, like everybody's can be an artist, but some really truly are you know, have an incredible gift. But, you know, we do have these moments at times of, you know, clairvoyancy, clairaudience, you know, clairsentience is where, you know, of course, we see things, you know, my strongest gift is my gift of claircognizance. I know things that I have no idea why I know it. I just know it and I have to do it. And um, part of my story is that's funny because it was a book that saved my life too and um what book was that so just really quick the short version is that my dad in 2004 was uh became terminally ill very quickly and i was engaged and married in 6 days um in the same hospital i was born in and i was also engaged in so i was born engaged and married in the same hospital <laughs> that's funny right Wedding dress in my dreams, absolute. You know, the love of my life. that I thought, and <laughs> I mean, good soulmate, like a good soulmate. But um, my dad passed away one week to the time I got married, and then mm-hmm. um, a lot of tragedy happened in my life. And um, then, eleven months into our marriage, my uh, my husband left me after a restaurant we uh, after a restaurant we bought after my, my brother and his then wife lost their twins five and a half months into the pregnancy. It was just like hit after hit after hit. Yes, and just when yeah. you think it can't get any worse, I had a girl who worked for me who decided to leave her husband to be with mine. And this all started at her son's one year birthday party. And the thing is, is that I knew there was something, like I didn't go with my intuition. There was every sign from above that told me not to go to this party that it was like literally the navigation would not get us there. I mean, it was like, (laughs) it was so like, when I look back on it, I was like, geez, Alicia, how stupid could you be? But I actually accept it all as a gift because if this hadn't happened, none of this would have happened. And I would rather be, you know, if someone said you could be blissfully happily married or have the awareness you have now, I would not be married. I would never give this up to bring to the world because this is what saved my life. And so the book that saved my life is that, the Myronias is my friend who took my wedding pictures. This was after I tried to commit suicide um, because this, this girl became pregnant very soon after. It was like the whole Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt, Jennifer Aniston triangle going on, except I was a much smaller <laughs> version. <laughs> and when she became pregnant was when I, I just couldn't live anymore. I didn't want to die. I just couldn't live. And I drank, um, I drank some wine, took a sleeping pill and took a bath. And so I gave myself like a 50-50 chance. I didn't take a bunch of sleeping pills, you know, but I literally held my hands up and said, please, I can't do this anymore. And I wake up in this cold bath and I'm like, oh my God, Alicia, you know, like snap out of it. But I, you know, I only had the strength for so long. And then my friend who took my wedding pictures, who witnessed everything, because literally my dad passed away to the time that I got married one week later. And my mom's like, why can't we do this in two weeks? And I was like, we don't have two weeks. And he was only... You know, he wasn't quite 67. He's actually born in October too. His birthday is mm. October 5th. So he was a Libra with loving before, to have- Day after me, Yeah. Are you serious? I'm on October 4th. You're yeah. October 4th. Well, everything is always one off with me, one <laughs> off. Like, like, no, seriously. Like I actually met my future husband at the restaurant that was called 821, and um, which is funny. Okay, this is really funny. I just picked up mm. another Myron here we got married on 822. We got married in this hospital courtyard, um, where, you know, like beautiful courtyard, 50 guests. I mean, but the day before it was torrential downpour, like torrential downpour, like jokingly build an ark and start loading up the animals kind of rain. (laughs) And everybody's like, what are you going to do? And I said, if this is, I actually say, this is when I challenge God. I said, if there truly is a God, he will not take this away from my father. And the next day was a California day. You being on the East coast, you know, this after a rain like that in the summertime should be hot and humid and, you know, hotter than, you know, what, and there was not a drop of rain, not a cloud in the sky, no humidity, mid seventies. It was an unbelievably beautiful day. Mm -hmm. And I believe I was shown that day because of what was about to happen in my life. So, um, so when this all happened, was also when I first was able to tap into my, my father's energy after passing. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things that kept me alive until this gift was given to me of my friend who, um, the day before she moved away. So again, she's the one that took my wedding pictures and she says, I know what you've been through and it's not going to change anything, but maybe this will give you a greater understanding. It was many lives, many masters by Dr. Brian Weiss. Weiss. Yes. And that book, saved my life and so that those words have become my pay it forward for people who just feel lost like i was brought up catholic i turned completely against the catholic church um again nothing wrong with religion i actually made a big mistake of putting god in a box known as religion and and the bible and and other spiritual you know like i turned completely against the bible well what was crazy is that down the line You know, I'm I'm tapping into things more. My mom's able to tap into this. She discovers she can auto write. I then can auto write. And I get one of the most unique writings ever, craziest writings ever. My dad was like, Alicia, you need to believe in the holy family. And I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) And I was like, Catholicism is the answer. He's like, no, it's like Taoism with the holy family. But it was only a couple of weeks ago or... Yeah. Like, or a couple of months ago that I realized the holy family is everyone who's doing God's work. And I, but that was part of this spiritual journey. And like, I know for myself, I meant to help those that felt lost, like I did and show mm-hmm. them the very simple way to start maybe opening the door. And, you know, I love, like, I'm, I'm so excited to hear more about A Course in Miracles, which goes into surprise number two. <laughs> Tada! Yay. So that, you've had it on the shelf for a while or? Well, no, this gets even funnier. My friend. So I actually, I have a picture of when I took this picture of this book um, back in, I think 2016 and I wasn't being compelled to read it then because there were other things going on. And I guess this is where you and I are meant to go much deeper. So I'm like, okay, go there. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. So I do want to go back in the sense of you had this clear audience experience. When you were a child, did you recognize any of these gifts that maybe you might have like no I mean, out the, one, or?
1: the one thing is that um I just was a I was wicked sensitive. I was a wicked sensitive kid and like I would see things on the TV. Um, like you know I was born in 68 because I'm 52 and I remember just seeing things on the TV like from the civil rights movement and seeing like men in uniforms um, you know cop uniforms police uniforms whatever like spraying black people and I used to just cry like and I would watch like you know Jack Cousteau's Wild World of Mutual Omaha Wild World of Animals Kingdom whatever and I would be like and the lion creeps up on the baby gazelle, and I would just start bawling. <laughs> like, so my mother just—my mother always knew. Um, so you were you know, a super empath. I would. Well, I mean, I get. We didn't know that back I then. I know back but then, yes, but, that's but I was what you wicked. Were. Yeah. I was wicked sensitive to other people's moods, energy change in light change in temperature change in just body positions like I'm just and I was also like trauma does that it makes you hyper aware of your environment but I was just like yeah I just felt things very deeply and I I always my you know people who because that's the other weird thing about my childhood I literally was just thinking about this this morning I don't have anybody around me for me to ask what was I like as a kid Mm-hmm. There's nobody to report back to me, oh. but I did, you know, doing doing um, some research for my memoir. I talked with one of my mother's best friends, and I said, "You know, what was I like as a kid?" And she said, "Oh my God!" She's like, "God bless your mother." She's like, "I would have locked you in a closet." She's like, <laughs> "But you." She's like, your mantra as a kid was why mom, why mom, why mom, why mom, why mom? Like, and a lot <laughs> of little kids are like that. But like, I wanted to know why, like I wanted everything. to understand everything. And I think, you know, I often have found the world very, um, I think as a younger person, I found the world very, um confusing and uh I didn't understand I just couldn't understand people like I always say like if I could have counted the the times in my life and, and maybe this is part of the ego wanting to be special but I, at the times I would go but I would never do that like I just couldn't <laughs> understand the, the ways that people did things and so now I mean one of my gifts is that I'm able to um, and when I mean gifts, I mean like the gifts that we get, like my sweetie, my husband is a professional musician and it's literally like God like leaned down and went like musician, right? Like sing a songwriter, multi-instrumentalist producer, like he got all the gifts. My gifts are like people and loving people and animals, relational, relational things, right? Like that's what I'm, that's what I'm really good at. And so, um, yeah, wait, where, where did that whole <laughs> conversation stop? <laughs> Oh, was I aware of these gifts? So not not until much later when the language I think started to shift. And you know, it, there's a funny thing that happens in spiritual circles or spirituality where like people want they're like. I'm an empath. So I'm like, yeah, no shit. Sherlock. We're all fucking empaths, right? We're all, we all have the capacity to, it's just whether we tap into it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to say what I'm trying to say is I wasn't, it's not like I was special, but I think for my age, I did feel, um, On a really deep level i think deeper than a lot of the people around me well
0: it sounds like you were also very clairsentience because if you because empaths take on but like clairsentience you can actually feel it like you can really really truly feel it and like you know i look back on now when i was a kid and i'm like oh my god you know like yeah you may not be aware but when you look back you're like holy jeez i did that or you know i felt that like i always believed in something higher I just, yes, I just didn't know. I just didn't know. I turned against God because of organized religion. Yeah. So I will tell you after my deceased father gives me this message, I become even more curious, right? So, but with Brian Weiss's Many Lives, Many Masters, that book, even though that's the gateway, like that's literally like the tip of the iceberg. That book was so profound to me because I said, Oh wow, if there's one way of believing, this is how I would believe because it made complete sense. Yes. And it was all from a place of love. Yeah. And, and then it also made me become curious and be like, why did my higher self choose my crazy effed up life? Because at that point, my life went really crazy in my twenties and 30s. Mm-hmm. That's where, you know, I was very blessed to have beautiful soulmate parents and you know just a beautiful loving relationship and I was brought up with that so I've always recognized soulmate relationships so hearing you and you're talking about your your sweetie and you know seeing pictures on social media like I just love it like I want to hear the story of how you two you met at some point yeah. <laughs> that might <laughs> yeah. but you know like when you're when when we when you like I'm that is like one of my gifts of so, like really recognizing those incredible soulmate but but then my life just went to shit, you know, like I, I was dealing with fibromyalgia at 18 from a car accident I was in and, you know, then just, you know, dealing with chronic pain and alcohol abuse and, you know, drug abuse, prescription drug abuse. Well, okay, a little bit of everything, yeah. but <laughs> we'll just yeah. be honest there. But, you know, just, just, um, just trying to survive. But then I went through a really major survival period. And, and that's where I want to go back to you when you met your spiritual mother, Marianne Williamson, because that book that fell ended up being... Well, yeah. So
1: just like you talked about it. So I always say that Marianne's book, A Return to Love, is the gateway drug to A Course in Miracles for a lot of people. And some people come in through like Gary Renard's books, Disappearance of the Universe, whatever, but almost everybody I know who feels called to the course or has become a longtime student of the course, they almost all have some sort of a story. Like Marianne, it was like, Marianne went to this place. It was just sitting sitting on the table right in front of her and she picks it up and then she consumes it like a menu. She can't stop reading it, right? Wow. So a lot of us just, it just, the book arrives. And, you know, I always say like, it's not like, like I spent the first two years probably chucking that book across the room. Like my first, my first, uh, I still have it, my first um, edition of that book or whatever. The first book I had, but it was hardcover and it's totally missing its spine. And it's like, whatever. <laughs> Cause I was like, fuck this because- my highest self, right? Call it whatever. My, I always say the part of me that is not insane, the part of me that is always in, <laughs> in communion with the divine, I uh, knew that I would need it, whether or not I was ready for it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so now I have like, you know, my soft cover that I've had forever, but I have a couple <laughs> and I have all the different versions of it and like whatever. But so that book kind of like came in to my world and introduced me to Marianne. And it was the first book that I always say it like this, like this was back when this was before Borders Books and Bonds and Nobles and these places where there was like coffee shops and chairs and bookstores. Like bookstores used to just be, they sold books. Yeah, like they, book didn't, they, had, they didn't make
0: it comfortable. You'd it have wasn't to sit on the floor. Hang out, but like, I
1: didn't even care. Like when I picked that picture up, when I picked that book up off the floor and, you know, it's a new cover now, but the old cover had a picture of Marianne on the cover, like, you know, like with her <laughs> hand. And I was like, you know, and East Coast people, like at least where I grew up, you know, we're always like, What's her fucking story like? Right. And I'm like, who's this broad? Like that's the first thing I think. Who's this broad? But she had a nice face and a nice smile, and I'm, and, and I read the title, and it says A "Return to Love." Uh, reflections on the principles of a course in miracles. And I'm like, well, I could use a miracle, <laughs> right? So like I start reading it and I literally just like, if if there could have been like a wall that like I just slid down and sat on the floor, like that's what I did. I just sat on the floor in the bookstore
0: because wow. I didn't
1: have enough money the first time there to like, you know, um, to buy a course in miracles or whatever. I could I could get the one book, right? But so when I finally got it, um, but Marianne's book that day, I said it equally... Inspired me, lit me up, and pissed me off. Cause I was just like, oh, because the truthy truth, that's what I was called the truthy truth. Sometimes the ego doesn't like that shit. The ego doesn't like hearing, oh, you are not at the effect of the world. You are actually the cause of the world. Like this mm-hmm. is the way that you're perceiving this and the way that you're interpreting what's happening is creating your experience. So she was the first person to ever age, cause I was also a Catholic kid. Um, and I, but I never, I got rid of a lot of the, I got rid of a lot of the in-between. I called them the middlemen. Mm-hmm. I never got rid of God, but I got in, I got rid of kind of that in-between go to confession. You have more power in connection to God than I do. Like I was like, that's, so there's a whole story behind that, but we don't have enough time, I know. but, um, another with, episode. <laughs> yeah. but with, Mary, with, with that book, she was the first person to talk about God in that particular way. Uh, that God was not something like outside of me, separate from me, something that I had to be good to get love. It, it stopped being this conditional um, and performance-based uh, relationship. Like she was the first one to explain explain it that way. She was yeah. also the first person to tell me that both my peace and my happiness um, were my responsibility. That it was up to me. And and what I took away from that in the beginning was like, oh nobody can she didn't say this but this is my interpretation in the beginning was nobody can take my happiness my peace of mind away from me but i can sure as fuck give it away and i was just like giving it away giving it you made me feel this way you of course i'm like this because my mother died this happened and this happened but being a victim that victim mentality Through that book, through becoming a student of A Course in Miracles, through becoming a yoga person, through becoming a passage meditation, blah, 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 all the different things. Yeah. Because LA at that time, like we're talking, that's like 91, 92. Mm -hmm. That was the boom of self help. That was like, right. That was like Oprah was really starting to get big. And it was like Wayne Dyer, Jan LeVanzant, Tony Robbins, all, hey, all, all those people. Marianne Williamson, like you know, Louise Hay, all of them, Deepak Chopra, they were all just starting to percolate. So I was in the right place at the right time. No mistake there for me either. Because if I had been living in Lawrence or Boston, Mass, I don't know, man. I don't, I I had to be on the West Coast, I think, to get these lessons, to get out of my conditioned culture and the way that I thought so I always say I'm an east coast kid at hat with a west coast sensibility right like yes so so that's just it's just this blend and I needed to go there for eight years before I came back here
0: yeah well I find it very interesting because I mean I look at the course in miracles as like you're going for your freaking doctorate (laughs) right (laughs) It's no joke. Jesus it is not no, mess
1: around. Jesus does not mess around.
0: It is absolutely no joke. Where I feel like um, Dr. Weiss's books, uh, the six books, I truly believe that if everybody read, um, you know, Many Lies, Many Masters as an intro, if, uh, but it's whatever book speaks to you. And it's like those six yeah. books, if everybody read just those six books, it would transform humanity. But I love how Dr. Weiss actually explains how Earth is a one room schoolhouse and we're all at different grades. So it yeah. seems like I'm really, but I am very impressed that you literally jumped like levels to go, you know, straight to the Course in Miracles in the well, sense of I mean,
1: I didn't know it wasn't like but again, you were also
0: given the mentor
1: to be. Well, able and it to, wasn't, but I always say to people, you gotta understand my relationship with Marianne was like, you know, I got that book, and then um I didn't have a car at the time. I was broke, I was like a waitress, whatever. Um, but eventually I, I got transportation. So she was lecturing in LA like every week. And so I finally was able to go to some lectures Mm -hmm. and then she was doing a workshop on relationships. And I went to that workshop at Agape church. It's where I first met Michael Beckwith and all these amazing people and in that community. And I go to that, um, I went to that workshop and that's where she and I first met. Yeah. Yeah. And that she was like, who are you? It, we had this, you go listen to the podcast episodes, you guys. It's a really great story.
0: It is such a good story. It's like the best story <laughs> of how you met her. And i that, that's where I'm just like the freaking myrony of, and I was like, and then it was so funny because I'm listening to that and I'm like, oh, wait a second. I was like, shoot, that's who Michelle Abraham is talking about the first yeah. time. But I didn't know who Marianne Williamson was in, in that because you know sometimes we we hear these names it's like oh okay that's cool but now i'm like holy geez (laughs) really remarkable
1: it was a turning point in my life and so you know i i I went to egypt with her to you know did a spiritual pilgrimage to egypt then i did a spiritual pilgrimage to england and ireland to merlin's cave and to all the the holy sacred places um you know and Stonehenge and like all these power places literally. And then it was when we were in Ireland that she invited me to come and work with her. So I I like lived with her, worked with her and it was a very powerful time in my life. But it's not like people were like, well, of course you had this mentor. I'm like, Marianne and I never sat down and like talked about like lesson one. That wasn't the relationship. It was through and, and you know, this is something to circle back to something that you were saying. I'm not interested in theories. It's, it's time to move from the head to the hat and mm-hmm. then out through the hands. I always say from the heavens to the head, to the hat, out through the hands, but it has to be like, it's more about the daily application. Mm-hmm. So I was getting to see in action how the principles of A Course in Miracles show up in your life, what happens when you don't follow and don't, and I don't mean follow like cultish following. I mean, when you don't listen to the internal teacher, Holy Spirit, spirit, intuition, whatever you call it. I saw the difference between those two. And it was the first time that I ever came to understand prayer as a problem solving solution. Yeah, because she and I had had a little like headbutt situation. And she's like, well, I think this and I was like, I think this and I was a young and stubborn, like 20 something year old and we weren't gonna it was just like stalemate. Like, what were we gonna do? Right. And she just said to me, darling. (laughs) Let's go pray. And I was like, okay. And I was like, oh, like prayer as conflict resolution. Who fucking knew? Like, not me. So it was more like that. It was just through the daily kind of interactions of human, very human too. It's not like so often when there's a spiritual teacher, people think like, oh, they walk around like floating on a cloud with robes and stuff. It's like, no, the, 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 the healing is in the humanity. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like stones, how, that's how stones get polished is they get put, in, they rub up against each other until they become shiny and all the rough edges are off of them. And so there's so many resources. I mean, we're so blessed. We're so lucky. I, I take it of,
0: you've read Conversations with God, right? Ah,
1: Neil Donald, all of them. Because I know Neil and Marianne were friends. So it was like, you know, I would pick up the phone as her oh assistant. Oh, it would be like, it'd be like all my favorite writers would be. I met Deepak, you know, all those people. And I I got to meet Oprah two years ago. So that was amazing. so, and that's another, that's another again, whole of the story for she came onto my radar in 1986 when I was a senior in high school, and I was just like, whew drawn to her (laughs) and i just knew like i've always known and i used to say how can this kid from lawrence like think that i'm supposed to meet her know her maybe one day be on her show i don't know what the thing was but i just like always had this thing that Mm -hmm. felt more than just like a daydream or a dream it was just more like yeah and so when i got to meet her like two years ago one part of me is having the experience of like oh it's oprah the other part of me is like, of course it is. Right. Of course it is. Right, because, because this was supposed to happen, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, and I don't, um, I just don't put people up on pedestals anymore. I can have deep respect for them. I, I can be like, wow, I'm a fan. I'm inspired by. But in A Course of Miracles, you know, I'm totally paraphrasing. I'm boiling it down. But oh, if yeah. you guys reserve your offer, of God. I don't yeah. walk around in awe of any human beings, although I do be, I'm like, holy, sometimes I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. How could they do that or have that skill set or they're amazing and have deep respect for people? But right, right. I know that, you know, I know who we are is God's kids, mm-hmm. but we're also bumping up against each other's personalities and egos. And mm-hmm. that's what the work is about. There's no need to fix who you are, which is love. Yeah. This is more spiritual. I call the work that I do like personality rehab, spiritual <laughs> spiritual reclamation and personality rehab because yeah. we, we have spiritual amnesia and we forget who we oh, are. And so absolutely. we behave in ways that is not representative of us
0: as God's kids. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. And I'm actually, so going back to A Course in Miracles, it's very yes. funny because um, one of my best friends, um, Nilda, She uh, I now live with her. And she introduced me to A Course in Miracles. Okay. She talks about, talks about, she's like, I told her about your course and, I, and she's like, oh my God. So at some point I'm going to connect you and Nilda because you, she's been, she's, it, it's her, it's like her go-to book. And it was funny because um, at the time, you no, know, I wasn't being drawn to it because I, you heard just briefly in one of our group meetings that I have these really simple channeled messages that have Mm -hmm. come through in a different way. I have someone who was kind of my Catherine that Brian Weiss, you know, because if the messages came directly through him, they could have called him crazy. So I have something that's kind of similar, but I want to, I I want to read this to you. It's very, very short. um, because I feel that this is an alignment with what, um, with what's about to, you know, move forward. Um, I hope, actually, I'm not going to say I hope, I, you know, I feel, I feel like being divinely guided this way, Mm -hmm. but this is one of the messages. And these were, these first started being channeled in, um, in, uh, August, August 20th of 2016 was when the first message came out. And the first message was one foot leads straight. The other is misguided. Both are necessary and always present. Make sure to follow the straight foot because it's the fastest path to your destiny. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that applies these, these messages apply to everybody, but this is the one that I wanted that I was being guided to read today is life is about choices, confronting us and demanding decisive action. What has already been learned and experienced does not necessarily endow the spirit with the necessary knowledge to overcome or circumvent the confronting obstacles. Sometimes bad choices are made. And sometimes these choices are made for good reasons. Assembling a puzzle without all the right pieces is confusing and frustrating to the point of giving up, but our spirits are resilient and prevalent. Pre- pre- prevalent, right? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Sorry, I screwed that up, compelling, compelling continued effort, unraveling the secrets and mysteries surrounding our destiny. But then the next paragraph is the wise old saying that when the student is ready, the teacher will appear is both pedestrian and profound a searching soul can be guided as long as it remains teachable and listens to the intuitive voice directing its course. So now I feel it is now time for me to go diving into A Course in Miracles. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: you know, A Course in Miracles always says it's not the only way, but it is one of the fastest ways. It's a direct path. And it says like, and I, I love like, Everything that you're saying, it's like when you read the course, if you actually read the whole book, if you do the text, do the daily, if you read the text, do the daily lessons and whatever, you're going to find similar like messages to what you were just saying basically
0: well that's so oh. what's so funny is about these messages is that these are meant to be the gateway to the gateway to the gateway to the gateway <laughs> potentially because you know how many people are going to read a book this big you know but it's like you it said, is the most
1: it is the best we always call it the those of us we we call it uh, the best-selling non-read book in history
0: right so And it's exactly what you said. God doesn't care how we get there as long as we get there. If you gain the awareness and you're, 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 but if you choose, you want to follow and, and go for your doctorate, which is how I'm describing, (laughs) because it was so funny because I was introduced to this book, the same time, these profound messages, and there's like over a hundred of them. And I'm like, what's in this little tiny paragraph? I'm like, this is like reading another Bible. But I was reading it and I was like, this is beautiful. This is profound. But I was like, "But how is this different?" But I, I now, I now, I feel now I'm ready, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna dive in. Yeah, too. and well,
1: and one of the things is, most people who get that book, the reason why it sits on the shelf for so long, and this isn't look, it's gonna sound like I'm promoting my my thing, but I'm just gonna, I'm being dead no, serious. No, I want honest, you that, to
0: promote it. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: no, no, it's not. It's just a little ninety-seven dollar mini course called "How the Fuck Do I Do the Course?" Because people get that book. They see the size of it. They see that there's different sections. They're like, I don't know where to begin. Do I just flip it open and start anywhere? Do I start at the beginning? What is it? And I just say, look, I people kept people for years and years and years and years and years were like, will you please do a Course in Miracles group? Will you please do a Course in Miracles group? And the court right in the course it says this is a self study program. Yeah it's not for me to interpret for you what it means for you. So that was my hesitancy. I'm like, I did it the old school way, the hard way, which was on my own. (laughs) Like, and I figured it out and I developed my own relationship with Holy Spirit, my inner teacher, whatever, the whole thing, right? So, but, so there's a reason why I'm I'm saying all this to you. So um, I just knew a lot of people bought it and it became very dusty on the bookshelf (laughs) or it became like a doorstop or it sat on the bedside table for like a year. People will be like, people send me pictures of A Course in Miracles all the time. Like I'm finally ready, KK. And I just laugh. (laughs) They'll be like, I've had this for years. So when they're ready, they still feel intimidated by it because like you're calling it, you're like, Oh Jesus, this is like big and thick, like a Bible or like, what do I do with this thing? So I'm like, I'm just going to do this little user-friendly like thing to help people begin their own relationship and journey with A Course in Miracles. So it's not like It's telling you like what the course in miracle all it's just helping you ease. It's like three videos, some PDFs, some helpful resources to start the journey so that you don't feel afraid, but so that you will though commit to it, right. Set you up for success for maybe sticking with it because it is a daily there. There are 365 daily lessons in the middle. Those are the daily applicable lessons that are basically putting what is said in the text, the spiritual principles into action. Mm -hmm. And it's very powerful. But one of the things that you said where you're just like, oh, I don't know, this sounds like or it might be another Bible or whatever. One of the things I always want to say is A Course in Miracles is not a religion. It's not dogmatic. It uses what will sound like traditional Christian language in a wicked, untraditional, flip it on its head way. So Mm. don't get put off by the male pronouns. Like he, if you don't like he, say she, Jesus doesn't care. I'm always like, don't get hung up because the ego will try to keep you stuck with all of your reasons why, oh, I don't like this. And I usually say like, you'll know if the course is for you or not. Right. Right. Even if you turn away from it or like me, throw it across the room for two years, <laughs> you will eventually, if it is meant for you, it will be for you and you will come back to it. So the fact that you've had it, it kind of landed with you, and you're like, Yeah, I don't know about this thing. I'm a little suspicious or whatever the thing is. And now you're like, now I'm ready. And that's Well, it's that's funny, fun. it's not
0: it's not my book. I borrowed oh, it from I borrowed it because um I I was like I borrowed it and then I read it like six or read some of it like back in 2016. But again, these profound messages were coming through that were really short. And I have two more to share because you're going to love it because it's going to like tie (laughs) all this together. But I find it so funny that the one that, you know, when the teacher, or when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm -hmm. And for the first time I'm being called to now go down this deeper road because I, 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 another time I'll have to share how, um, thanks to my I was introduced to Neil Donald Walsh's conversations with God, funny freaking story. Mm-hmm. So, um, but this is the message I want to share to, to you and, and our listeners, the ever seeking soul finds wisdom and understanding and the mundanity of life evolves spiritually and is blessed with progression as lessons are learned. That which needs to be learned is not always readily apparent. Lessons can be small or great, but they must be learned and karmic debts must be repaid along the way. Now the next paragraph, and this is what I really wanted to share. Unfortunate occurrences and quote unquote bad luck scenarios are often required to facilitate higher learning and accelerate a progressive life cycle that is not evolving. Positive life-changing events can first manifest as personal disasters, but are actually the necessary precursor to understanding and obtaining the awaiting miracle. So it's awesome. On that. And I think
1: it's, it's, it's like, yeah. And I, I think the divine will use whoever.
0: Right? Well, no, like, that's like, it. That's exactly it. And so I know you have a time constraint. So, but I would love to have you back in the future and we can continue this conversation.
1: Yeah, we can talk for a few more minutes. I mean, okay, I think good. it's really, I think it's really important. So, Like, I would summarize that up. Like I say it like, you know, very directly, like suffering is a really good teacher until you get a better teacher. So what you're talking about is like these things. And that's the whole story to your glory thing that you're talking about right there is these events will in the beginning seem like they're awful, they're terrifying, whatever. But that is where like Joseph Campbell says it, I'm paraphrasing, but he says like that dark cave that you fear to enter is where your treasure lies. Yeah. And this is what basically what you're saying. These things sometimes are going to happen. And for me, all that karma is, is it's like science. It is cause and effect. Yeah. So whatever we're doing or choosing to do or choosing to think, choosing to behave, the choices we are making right now are literally creating our future. Absolutely. So it's like that work. But if you're not self-aware, if you're not doing the personal and spiritual work, then you're continually creating or making choices now where you're laying the foundation for what's coming down the track. So when people are like, why does this always happen? Why is this always? I'm like, cause you're the common denominator. Yeah. You and your thinking, your thought system, your belief system, the stories that you tell yourself about yourself, each other in the world, that's what creates the reality that you're experiencing. So These little channels, it's like, I don't know how you're supposed to use them. I don't know. And I'm not, I know you're not asking me. I'm just thinking out loud. I'm ideating out loud. It's like, whether they're going to be like little graphics or quote cards, or you're going to do a book, or they're going to be the foundation of whatever you do next or whatever.
0: I mean, it's oh, I, I've been, coming? I've been guided where this is going. Yeah, so, so you but already like, know. So you already yeah, know. Yeah, no, but I just feel that I feel this alignment with you on so many different levels, because I think that what you're doing, you and I are doing very similar work, just in I in a different way is that I'm trying to show people that little catalyst to then spark the interest that then maybe they'll continue continue growing their spiritual, because really what it is, is we, we literally have to hold a mirror up to ourselves mm-hmm. and understand why our higher selves has chosen everything in life mm-hmm. and take ourselves out of victimhood. And like, that was the one thing. And so these messages mm-hmm. that, you know, because it's true. Why do we think, I mean, this book was written what in the 67, 60s, 60s? Yeah. Yeah. Late like, 60s or yeah. Early and 70s so for out. people that don't know, of course in miracles, um, uh it was channeled through uh two people it was was channeled
1: through it was channeled through dr helen shookman who was jewish but also saw herself as an atheist which is why it's so hysterical
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love how how, yeah
1: whoever's available we're taking so yeah it was a channeled work and that's the thing is that people and you have to understand the culture plays a role in that right like like seances and like channeling with the people with, you know, the madam with the ball and the turban. And it's always, I'm like, we're channeling all the time. Mm-hmm. It's it's just which, which teacher are you listening to? Which exactly. voice are you listening to? So, exactly. you know, if you've been given these messages to share, then that's part of your ministry and your mission. It's like, you know, like, amen, go for it. And I just feel like you're like, you, I mean, you know where you're going with these things and I'm not so like, do you, do you coach? Like, what do you, well, actually I am,
0: I am actually getting into, I, I call it unlock your blocks. I, it's a very quick either just on an individual session, because what happens is that when I'm in that, this is the only thing that I have like a photographic partly photographic memory of, and I'm given the message of what I'm supposed to share. So in addition to, you know, we talk about our toolbox of, to me, the toolbox are a bunch of books that we have to, I guide people to what it is that they need in that moment, dependent upon like where they're at in their own spiritual awareness. And I just hold their hand until I can pass them off to the next person. Because I realize with conversations with God, even though I love that book, I would love to see people be more aware before they were introduced to that book, that that wasn't their gateway book, because I think you miss so much until you have the different levels of building blocks to get to this, you know, and unless someone goes deep, 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 but I like, I have a client, you know, that I worked with, um, in six weeks, I was able to let go of Catholic guilt. That was pretty good, but like, he's been, you know, searching for more. And so I want to introduce you to him and see if he would like to do the Course in Miracles you know, because I just believe that, you know, I do believe, you know, the more we can, we can take in and absorb and just understand maybe why, why we go through what we do. And yeah, well, I mean,
1: Ralph Waldo Emerson has a quote that's part of like, I talk about this work that I do fearless flow, creating fearless flow, fearless flow mentoring, whatever you want to call it. I always say that, like, I have these, these quotes that are kind of like the hot beats of it. And Ralph Waldo Emerson says that God enters by a private door into every individual. Mm-hmm. And so A Course in Miracles won't be for everybody. Brian Weiss right. won't be for everybody. No. Neil Donald Walsh, the Bible, the church, Buddhism. Like there's a thousand, like in my yoga teacher training um, when we would be in Shavasana, this is a gazillion years ago, like 20, <laughs> 2001, um, so 20 years. Um, They would say, one one of my yoga teacher trainers would walk around when we were in Shavasana and she would sing and she had the most beautiful voice and she would sing this song that said, the ocean refuses no river. Mm. And I think that's what it is and it's up to everybody. It has to begin though with either enough suffering that you want to change or enough curiosity yeah. even if you are brought up under a particular re- religion or thought system at some point as an adult if you if you keep finding yourself being like if you've never questioned why you believe what you believe mm-hmm how you ended up as a catholic or a christian or a buddhist or an atheist or whatever right agnostic however how why and how did i get here was it my choice or was i taught that this is what i believe
0: exactly
1: and so i think that's the biggest thing and i think the beautiful thing that there is a gazillion books mm-hmm. and a bunch of teachers is that we all we all have private doors
0: Absolutely. Not but I so think fun. it would be, I think it would be fun for us to be able to team up and, you know, be able to like, show, share, like, okay, here's another door to be going down, you know, like, because we we have, we, we, we're all being given these divine gifts of whatever it is. And, you know, um, and We'll we'll talk more for sure, but I mean I just I'm excited about the Course in Miracles. I'm excited, I'm just excited to now be connected to you. Aww. I feel <laughs> I I feel the Myronies like, okay, I told you one day off. So you're one day from my dad's birthday. And literally miracles happened on my dad's birthday um over the years since he passed. So the fact that your birthday's one day off, but on December eighth, I was supposed to buy my restaurant on December first. I ended up buying on December eighth. I always said that that was when my life kind i of, it was like the sign of what my life was going to get flipped upside down but we're one day off and today's december 9th and so but now that's moving forward and not behind and mm-hmm. so i see that as a beautiful progression and i look forward to seeing the the why divine myrony brought us together and you know this this fun spiritual journey cuz i just love the way you share what you do i love Thank the fact so much. that Yeah. The no bullshit attitude and, and your latest episode, like we don't, um, oh shoot the, you know, don't, don't excuse or no shoot the woo. Like you're like, true, yeah, true. don't stop apologizing, yeah, for, stop the woo. apologizing <laughs> for the woo and said, it's true. True. Absolutely. You know, like that is so true. And I'm, I'm one of those people too. Like, I'll be like, Hey, I got a crazy story to tell you, you know, but
1: <laughs> it's about, for me, it's about normalizing the divine in everyday life. And yeah. that's why, and thank God, like when people like, you know, I'm not even saying this about you, but people always say that about me. Right. And like, it's even in the title of my, it's in the, um description of my podcast which is everybody says about me she's a no bullshit teacher she's a no bullshit teacher. yeah it's like well it's just because I'm a blue collar kid from Boston that's why it's like I don't have time for fancy theatrics like for me it's like literally is it like do I need when I talk about the spiritual toolkit I'm like do I need tweezers today Pliers? is it a <laughs> sledgehammer? like what and so I like I I always want um Talk about spirituality, talk about God, talk about the divine, the universe, the one. I don't care what people call it.
0: I do care
1: that we have an awareness and a relationship with it. Because again, it all goes back to my mom. I really believe that if the man who, who murdered her had the capacity to be still and know that I am God be still and know to just be still and have that moment where he could have made a better choice. Mm-hmm. If he had had some spiritual tools in his toolkit, he could have made a better choice. And I believe she would still be here. Absolutely. And that's really what it's about. So I don't need to come in in some white robe up on a pedestal with my mala beads or my, and, which all I have all the stuff. That's not <laughs> it. Like, I'm not interested in being anybody's guru. I am interested in, in, in pointing back to people that you have within you everything that you need the divine lives within you you are in the divine and like you have access to it at any time Absolutely. and so many of us don't know that and meaning we don't weren't taught it we we didn't know that there's a different way and a better way and I mm-hmm. just happen to be given um experiences both good and bad tragedies and you know what I when I say bad it's like All things can transform through divine alchemy, but that suffering was my gateway to a deeper connection to myself, source, and spirit. And that's what lights me up. And with each other, because that's the key. I mean, all of your most important relationships, right? And this is kind of like what the nest is about: is like creating a place where people can come together to kind of navigate this being human experience because our most important relationships in our life. The nest is going to like give you those tools to kind of do them. And I, people are always like, I can't believe this is happening again. I'm like, I can because you're the same person because you right. haven't made a different choice because exactly. you are the common denominator. So how about we get some new tools? Exactly. And then we, like you talk about that action piece. It's mm-hmm. not enough to just be like, Oh, it's so amazing! I was just yep. thinking about this, and then this happened. It's like now, what? What are you yep. gonna do about it, right? <laughs> so no, like and that's actions. exactly
0: it. I actually have a message about that called the status quo, and it's like if it's not moving forward, it's just because you haven't you you haven't met that um, you haven't figured out what it is that's gonna move you forward, and so we just got to keep digging deeper and deeper, going to our higher selves, and you know wherever whoever you're gonna connect to, but just outside of like you know you say. Um, And so many people say, you know, we're, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And sometimes we have to remove ourselves from our humanness. And so, so, you know, which removes our ego so that we can then tap into something and be like, okay, why am I going through this? And I have discovered that a lot of times with this, when we're feeling stuck, in addition to the lesson we're supposed to learn, maybe it's also the person we're supposed to connect with. You know, there is this divine timing. And if we, when we can stop rushing it, then we are... you know, miracles yeah. will start appearing too.
1: Yeah. And in A Course in Miracles, we call a miracle just a shift in your mind and perception from fear to love. It's not like the walking on water and like water into wine and yeah. all that stuff. Although that stuff is cool and it's magical, but it's more about shifting your perception, shifting your perspective in your mind from fear to love. That's the miracle because once that happens, everything, everything. changes, yeah. everything becomes possible. And so- you know, yeah. it's a pretty it's a pretty cool thing. It's a pretty amazing thing. So just thank you so much for oh, having well, me. well thank on this show you. Inviting- and please just yeah. share
0: the last little bit of anything with what you're doing. I know the nest is what you're launching, or if you want to talk, I mean anything Oh yeah, yeah, less- yeah.
1: So <laughs> yeah. So if anybody wants to get in touch with me, it's just my website's always the easiest place. It's just Karen Kenny k-e-n-n-e-y.com and yeah so i have a spiritual membership um in community called the nest because once people kind of come into my world they'll understand that i love you can see the peacock feathers behind me i have a whole story about peacocks and stuff like that so everybody who's in the nest are just all like the peacocks and so they've gathered together in the nest and there's again the spiritual reasoning behind all of that but um so the nest is a place where we kind of come in and people it, what I wanted to do because one to one one to one mentoring with me is a deep commitment time and financially. Right. And yeah. not everybody can access that level of, of help. And I still wanted to be able to help people. And that's why I have the podcast, the Karen Kenny show, because I'm like free resource. Right. Right. The blue collar kid. It's really important to me that I have ways to be helpful where it's not going to cost anybody. It's like my version of the library card. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, here you go. Here's a podcast. Uh, and I have the $97 mini course to help people get started. A course, in miracles, how the fuck do I do the course again? Just go to Karen Kenny how to work with me, work with me, you'll find it. But the nest isn't on my, my nest won't, the nest won't be, I don't know when this is airing. Um, but I only open up the NEST membership um, twice a year. So oh, I'm opening okay. it up on January 17th uh, enrollment, it will be open for a, a week and then that door shuts again until the next time. So I, again, don't know when this, so if This you, is gonna
0: be airing before that. I'm gonna be okay, either, cool. uh, probably be the beginning of either the end of December, beginning of January, somewhere perfect. around because, there.
1: Perfect, because on December 5th, my new website will be um, going live. You and- mean January 5th? No, December 15th. Sorry, oh, December 15th. I was like, December, we're past December 5th. <laughs> December 5th. My bad. Thank you for getting that. December 15th, um, fingers crossed, my new website's going to go live. So if anybody's interested in learning more about The Nest, because by the time this airs, it'll be there. Yeah. It's just karenkenney.com uh, uh, slash nest and they'll be able to find out all about it or either just join if it's the right week or get on the waiting list and so that's just my way of doing something that is it's gr- a group experience but you get a lot of access to me and there is um you know opportunities on the calls and stuff to have like one-to-one interact i mean it's group experience but you know we can still get yeah to talk
0: absolutely and, and it's just way more affordable right so yeah. um that's one of the things so that's thank you awesome. so much for letting me well, talk about thank it thank you having me- well, thank you, Karen. This has been amazing. I definitely want to have you as a guest back, and and maybe even as a guest co-host, so we can interview people together, sort of thing. Who knows? I know, <laughs> I know. You're always you're you're like you're like. I need more guests, but I do because what you do is so powerful. So, anytime you want to be a guest or be a guest co-host, injured, you know, just just let me know awesome. because <laughs> I feel like. I feel like we're like two peas in, peas in a spiritual pod.
1: <laughs> thank you so much. So. I appreciate your kindness and generosity. And uh, and again, I, I never take it for granted when people have me on their show and trust me into the lives and the ears of their listeners. So I just appreciate that so much. Uh, well, thank
0: you. And to thank everyone you, with That's My Ernie Podcast, see you next time. Bye. Thank you all for joining me on That's Myrony podcast. I hope you enjoyed the Myronic stories shared today and possibly got you to connect to the Myronies in your own life. As you listen to this podcast, you'll start catching signs that are so subtle but can have the biggest impact on your life. So pay attention to that inner voice and watch the Myronies appear in your life, just like the guest in my next episode. And please connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, And that's Myrony.com where you can share your unbelievable Myronies. Also, if you enjoyed what you heard and can take a moment to like comment and subscribe on apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting platform, it would mean so much because that is how others are able to find this podcast. Finally, please also tell your friends and family about Myrony because wouldn't it be fun to see people share their Myronies on social media in addition to their selfies. And remember, If something happens that makes you say, well, that's ironic. It's not ironic at all. It's myronic. Now that's myrony. See you next time.